Hello and welcome to Movement, the weekly podcast for South Aussie Baptists to listen and imagine together. Each fortnight, we interview a leader from within our movement and then ask them to share one of their recent sermons with us the following week. Welcome back to Movement Podcast. Uh, This week, I'm here with Scott Pilgrim again. Uh, Last time we chatted to Scott, we were on country, actually in Kalkarindji. This time we're not. Scott, I'm in Adelaide. Where are you, mate? Yeah, home in Melbourne, uh, which is nice for a change. Yeah, it's good good to connect with you, mate. And uh, this week we're going to hear a sermon that you've preached, and we're just keen to hear a little bit about that, mate. What what do you want to tell us about it? It comes from perhaps my favourite uh, kind of Jesus encounter story in the Gospels in uh, in Luke, where we see this uh, this woman who's uh, you know, lost her husband and now lost her only son, and this you know absolute picture of of devastation, desperation, someone pushed to the margins, of the society in that culture. And so I think that whenever I read the story, I'm challenged to think, well, who would who would that be today uh, in our communities? And then I'm always struck by the fact that uh, Luke, I think, wants us to see this beautiful line where we see Jesus saw the woman. And I'm just, uh, I've, I'm always struck by the, 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 the beauty and the power in that, you know, that here is a picture of hopelessness. And here is, you know, the God of the universe who breaks into human history and uh, Jesus sees the woman. And I think we get a great template then for how we can just simply act as uh as followers of Jesus in this beautiful but broken world. I remember a mentor of mine many years ago who said, Scott, you haven't got to look far to find brokenness. Just open yeah. your eyes. Yeah. And so what does it mean for us to model the, the heart of Jesus, which is what I speak about in this passage, where we just see Jesus sees the woman, but you know, we read his his gut was turned with compassion and, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he needs to act. And I think it, it opens a window for us of what us pursuing shalom looks like in everyday lives. That's great, Scott. We're really looking forward to hearing this message. Let's listen together now. I'll never forget the day that I, I took my oldest boy home from hospital, my first child. There I was, a, a new dad, and suddenly the responsibility for this kind of life in my hands and uh, the anxiousness and the, the nervousness, the, the joy that goes with that, all those mixed emotions. And there I was uh, putting PJ into the, to the baby capsule, the baby seat in the car, about to, to drive home, a, a new chapter in life beginning. I put him in the, the seat and I check the seat belt, I check it again and I check it again, and I'm ready to drive out of the hospital. I get to the first intersection, full of joy and exuberance and hope. I come to the first intersection, I stop the car and a hearse drives by, a funeral cortege. I was struck in that moment, a moment I'll never forget, of that intersection of hope and joy and life and death and pain and sorrow. And there I was at that intersection. So often at life, we find ourselves in those same intersections where life is mixed with joy and sorrow, hope and despair. We've experienced that particularly over recent years in the pandemic, haven't we? Individually, in families, as church communities, our workers have across the world. In Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter 7, in one of my favorite passages of the scriptures, we have this intersection story. I just love it. Two crowds meet. One full of joy and exuberance, full of curiosity and hope. The other, grieving, pain, 
loss, disappointment, despair. And where is Jesus? He's right there, front and center, in the middle of the two crowds. The God who meets us where we are, the God of all seasons. You may have already had this passage read to you in a service today, or you might like to look at it at home. In Luke chapter 7, verses 11 to 17. It's a beautiful story, one of my favorite stories in the gospel. Jesus has earlier healed uh, the centurion, the officer's uh, servant, his slave. We see this beautiful healing incident. And there's a crowd who leave Capernaum following Jesus. They've seen this miracle. The slave's been healed. And there's the crowd following Jesus. They're full of exuberance and hope and joy. Reminded of that kind of picture of when I take my kids to the footy and their team wins. They walk back down Punt Road to the railway station and there's people singing and there's joy and there's exuberance. In that crowd that day, there were the disciples. There were the people who were following Jesus. There were the curious there was the opposition as well. But there's a sense of joy and hope in the crowd. But Luke wants us to see this almost in the white space between the text in our Bible. As that crowd full of joy and exuberance comes from Capernaum, they meet a crowd coming out of the city of Nain. And who do they meet? There is a woman who has lost her husband and who has now lost her only son. A picture in that culture of devastation. Picture someone today right on the margins of society. Picture someone today on the margins of society in our community or the communities we work around the world. And here is this woman. There are people carrying the coffin of her son. There is the cortege of mourners. Suddenly I read this passage and I'm back bringing my boy out of the hospital. Life and death intersect. And here's this crowd weeping. And here is this woman. And the two crowds meet. And there is Jesus. Today, whether you're walking through the valley or whether you stand on the kind of mountaintop of life, in the midst of of the tension that we always live with in life, the promise, the reality of our Emmanuel gods, of Jesus incarnate, who breaks into human history, the God who is for us, the God who is with us, the God who is with you today. Interested in every aspect of your life, the God who crosses the street to bring love and grace and hope. And what do we see in this passage? What do we see about the heart of Jesus? What can we learn for us as individuals and local churches, whether we cross the street in a a city in Australia or a small country town, or whether it's one of our intercultural workers crossing the street around the world to people who don't know Jesus in a way that makes sense to them? What can we take from this passage? What does it mean to model the heart of Jesus? Uh, Very simply in this passage, we see that Jesus sees Jesus feels and Jesus acts. It's simple, uh, but profound if we apply that to our life, reminding ourselves that the mission is not in our hands, that, that God is already at work, that God is already at work in our communities. The Holy Spirit is already at work and God's gracious invitation to you and I to step out, to cross the street, to open our eyes, to see, to feel and to act. Jesus sees the woman. I love this in this passage. We read in in Luke's gospel, Jesus saw the woman. There was this woman weeping, full of despair. 
And Jesus looks her in the eyes. Jesus saw the woman. We read in John's gospel as Jesus comes to the pool and around the pool are so many people uh, with disabilities, people kind of crying out for hope, believing superstitiously that if the water bubbles up and they get in first, they'll be healed. And we read Jesus saw the man, a man who's been paralyzed, who hasn't walked for almost 40 years. Jesus saw the man. The hope for you and I today the truth for you and I today, that Jesus sees us. He sees me. He sees you. With our hopes and our dreams and our aspirations and our plans for the future, but he sees us as we are. Also with our brokenness and our pain and our grief and our sadness. And it may be today you need to remind yourself of a God who meets you at the intersection of life. Jesus sees the woman. Jesus sees the woman. On the Silk Road today, a long way away from where I'm speaking in Australia, is a young family, Aussie Baptist, Ben and Petra, who've crossed the street. In fact, they've crossed the world in service of Jesus. They're modelling the heart of Jesus in a community where so few people know the good news of Jesus in a way that makes sense. They're embodying that good news by word and deed every day. Petra has a heart for kids with disabilities. She's trained in Australia in that field. She sensed God preparing her, God at work in her world. She's crossed the street in Australia and cared for kids. She's now crossed the street around the world. And what do we see in this story with Ben and Petra? Ordinary people, humble, passionate, yet called by God with the mission of God in their hands. There is Petra on the Silk Road. And she sees kids. She sees kids in her community. She sees kids in that country, a broken, struggling nation. She sees kids in a shame culture who are pushed to the margins because of the disabilities. I've got a little boy with a disability. I don't think about him that way at all. He's just an ordinary kid who I love to death. But in that culture, he'd be pushed to the margins. But there is Petra. She sees the kids with the heart of Jesus. She sees them as they are and as they could become, just as Jesus saw the woman. But it's more than just seeing. I can see needs all around me and get on with my life. In the Good Samaritan story, the religious leaders, they see the man in the ditch, but they pass by. We're called to do more than see. Jesus sees and then he feels. He feels. The translation that we get in our English Bibles today, maybe the Bible you've got in front of you or you've read, is Jesus had compassion on the woman. Doesn't quite cut mustard. The Greek text really is that Jesus' gut was moved. His bowels were moved. We probably don't want to kind of use that, that language when we read the passage, but that's what it means. He so felt for the woman that his stomach turned. It was a deep inside feeling of love and compassion for this woman. I love when I read that because it reminds me of a God who is not distant or detached, but a God who breaks into the world and who sees me and feels for me and knows me. You see, it's one thing for Petra to see kids with disabilities, but she also has that gut response. She feels. She has compassion. She's experienced the compassion and the love and the heart of Jesus in her life, and she wants to embody that to others. Jesus sees the woman. He feels for the woman. Petra, seeing kids in a shame culture, being pushed to the margins, 
but Petra realizes that they've been created, these kids, in the, in the image of God. And she wants to kind of uphold their dignity and improve their well-being in life. She sees and she feels. But then, of course, Jesus acts. Jesus comes to the coffin. Just imagine the scene. The two crowds, they've met. They're watching on. And Jesus touches the coffin and the young man comes back to life. It's a beautiful text. Listen to this. It's beautiful because it says, if you like, Jesus gave the woman back the son. In other words, Jesus is about making all things new. Jesus is about bringing life where there is death, about bringing hope where there is hopelessness, about bringing joy where there is despair. The God who meets us where we are. Now, as a pastor, I've done many funerals. Just uh, did another one recently. I counted a privilege to, uh, to share with people in that season of life. Uh, but, you know, I've never done a funeral where I've touched the coffin and suddenly the person has come back to life. I reckon if I had, I'd be doing a lot more funerals. I'd be asked to do a lot more funerals. So, so what do we learn from this passage? Of course, here is the Son of God. Here is the, the miracle-working God who brings the, the young man back to life, who restores the young man, but in a sense restores the life of the woman who's lost her husband. The son is given back. Hope and life restored. Earl Ellis, who writes about this passage, a commentator, theologian, says that, When Jesus touches the coffin and the young man comes back to life, what do we see? We see a glimpse of the kingdom now and not yet. We see Jesus restoring that young man to life as a picture of ushering in the kingdom of God. But we also see in today's world the fact that we live in the kingdom now and not yet. We still see the horrors of of Ukraine. Or, or poverty around the world. We see uh, needs in our own community. We see women escaping domestic violence. We see more than 100,000 Australians homeless every night. We see racism. We see hatred around the world. We see suffering as we cross the street in our own neighbourhood. We see brokenness in our own lives. I experience that. We live in the kingdom now and not yet. And so what are we called to? What does it mean to model the heart of Jesus? It means we cross the street in Jesus' name. It means we cross the street today in Jesus' name and each and every day in small or big ways as we serve others, as we embody the hope of Jesus, what are we doing? We're modeling the heart of Jesus. What is Petra doing? She sees, she feels, and she acts In a community that is broken, in a country where the health system needs restoration, in a country where there isn't all the medical services that we would take for granted in Australia today, in a country where kids are still pushed to the margins because of disabilities, what does Petra do? She sees, she feels, but then she acts. She recently spoke at a a significant conference. She spoke at that conference in the language of the local people. She spoke in a way that made sense to them. She spoke about a different way of responding to kids, a different way that the health system could change. She got much applause and future conversations opening up for her. 
There's the opportunity for this young Australian woman to make a significant difference for kids in a country far from us. Why? Because she knows God's love in her life and it's her desire to cross the street in Jesus' name, to see, to feel and to act, to bring hope, the kingdom now and not yet. I love what Cornelius Platinga says. Speaking about shalom, what's shalom? We often hear it in uh, uh, the Jewish culture uh, to mean peace. You might have seen it on a movie. You might have a friend who's Jewish. Shalom, peace. But the word actually means far more than that. It means peace. It means hope. It means joy. It means reconciliation. It means restoration. It means wholeness. It means fullness. It's a rich and beautiful word. It really means to be right with God, to be right with others, to be right with self and to be right with the world. It's the world as it should be. I love that. Cornelius Platinga says, it's the way things ought to be. Jesus comes to a woman. He sees the need. He feels. He acts. He sees the world the way it should be. Petra on the Silk Road working with kids, with the hope of bringing dignity and restoration and newness in the way that those children are treated. She's seeking to do God's work. In other words, to see things the way they ought to be. I love that. It's simple, but it's challenging that every day you and I are invited across the street in our own neighbourhood. I wonder today as you open your eyes afresh, as you open your heart afresh, as you see the Holy Spirit already at work in your life, in your street, in your workplace, in your community, I wonder where God is graciously inviting you to model the heart of Jesus. My wife has a a heart for refugees, for asylum seekers, particularly for, for women and children. So many asylum seeker women and refugee women in our, in our communities who've lost their husbands and who've got kids and trying to make sense of how do they do life in Australia with still strict restrictions around them and the feelings at times of racism and hatred. How do they do life? How should life look for them through the lens of Jesus? And there's my wife humbly crossing the street, collecting clothes and blankets from friends, uh, organising meals helping people pay bills, sign up to get a telephone, the most practical things, helping them with uh, finding a house, simply day by day, modelling the heart of Jesus. It's simple things that she does. It's, it's humble things that she does. She doesn't want it to be brought to attention. She probably wouldn't like me talking about it right now. But why does she do it? Because she sees, she feels, and she acts. Today in South Asia, in one of the most broken countries around the world, in one of the most poorest countries of the world, Baptist Mission Australia workers and our partners are on the ground. We've been there for many years. Why? Because we seek to make things as they should be. We seek to bring shalom by word and deed. But we only do that with the support of Australian Baptists around the country. As you cross the street in your neighbourhood, so we cross the world. We cross streets in Africa, in Asia, in Central Australia and Urban Australia. But we only do that in partnership with you. 
We cheer you on as you seek to bring shalom into your community. And we invite you to pray for us as we seek to bring shalom into communities around the world. As we seek to bring the hope and the heart of Jesus. And you know, in South Asia today, there are health services, there are agricultural services, there are employment services, there are services for women that are restoring the dignity to women. Uh, There are so many good things happening in that poor country as the heart and the hope of Jesus is modelled by ordinary people, including Aussie Baptists. And you're a part of that because we cross the street together. Ben Good is one of our workers in Mozambique. And let me finish today with this story from Ben. Ben recently wrote to me about a road. Yes, a road. Where Ben lives, it's uh, 144 kilometres from his community through Mozambique to where one of our teams also work in Malawi. That 144 kilometre strip on a good day took four or five hours to drive on. On a bad day, eight hours. Get your head around that in our culture. Eight hours on a road that only goes for 144 kilometres, full of potholes and huge craters that Ben says were big enough for a car to fall into. And when it rains, half the road is washed away. And yet it's the road to get from point A to point B for that local community and for our workers. Over the last two years, a new road has been laid down a bitumen road, a road that we would take for granted as we cross any street in our community. It's taken a long time. There's been detours and disappointments and holdups and setbacks, but the road has finally been built. And you know now that they can get from point A to point B in less than two hours. And Ben can ride that tarmac on his push bike for exercise. The local people call it the road of dreams. A road, a piece of infrastructure has changed that community. So why did Ben tell me about the road? Well, Ben tells me the day that he first drove on that new road and the difference that it made. He pulled over to the side of the road and he laid down on the bitumen. Now, I'm not recommending you do that at home. He laid down on the tarmac. He felt that road and he looked up and he saw the kind of expanse of where he was working. And he was suddenly struck by this reality. It's Jesus who makes all things new. It's Jesus who makes all things new. Here was a new road, if you like. Here was a new road in that country, but a reminder that life has many bumps and detours and disappointments and craters, uh, that at times we feel like the road is being washed away. At times we feel like we're not sure what's happening in our lives. At times we're on the mountains, but other times we're in the valleys. But in the midst of that, it's Jesus who makes all things new. Jesus sees the woman. He has a heart of compassion for her. He touches the coffin and brings the young man back to life. Petra, seeing, feeling and acting. Ben in Mozambique, embodying the good news of Jesus, reminded that's Jesus who makes all things new. And our invitation today, my invitation, to cross the street, to open our eyes afresh to people in need, a neighbour, a woman down the street, an old man in a building down the road, a refugee, an asylum seeker, an Indigenous person living with disadvantage, we open our eyes afresh in our community. It might even be our next-door neighbour. And the invitation for us to bring the heart of Jesus, to see, 
to feel and to act, to cross the street together in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Movement today. If you enjoyed this show, then please take a second to give us five stars, tap subscribe and tell a friend. We'll be back next week with another special guest.